Okay, this says we're live on Facebook. So here we are, everybody. Welcome. It is 101 on Wednesday. That is the quickest I've ever done a Zoom on Chat with Chap. So I'm proud of myself today. Welcome to Chat with Chap. I am Ginger Wade, your host. And today I'm here with Denise. Denise, do you want to tell us about yourself? Oh, wow. Um, I am Ginger gee, Wade, uh, can you turn on the. <laughs> My name is Denise Phillips, and I have been homeschooling since 2001. I have two graduated, and I have a high schooler. She'll be graduating oof, too soon. I mean, she's just mm. graduating too soon. I've told her I need more kids. Um, and um, the thing, the interesting thing about that is my oldest is on the autism spectrum and my second had undiagnosed learning disabilities uh, when we started homeschooling uh, in 2001 she was in third grade but failing in reading um, we've since learned that she has uh, they call it lower intelligence not quite uh, intellectual disability but just like right on the edge and dyslexia um, so that really impacted her learning, especially in reading. Um, I was not somebody who wanted to homeschool. I liked my yellow bus. I liked the bus taking the heathen away. Um, but as we started the journey and I learned what I was doing and I learned what they were not learning in public school, um, yeah, I, I am a huge proponent for homeschooling, uh, particularly in special needs um, since then. And, um, you know, Cecily has graduated. She has gone to college. She has had several jobs. She's driving a car, uh, not quite out of the house, but she has quite a few things that she is in charge of doing for me. That's great. <laughs> uh, and um, I started going to college after we moved up here in, in Pennsylvania, hmm, I don't remember, 2011, I think, I started my college journey. I got a uh, undergrad in Christian counseling with a bachelor's degree uh, in, in uh, special ed. And uh, then I got a master's degree in ABA. Now it's applied behavior analysis. Okay. So now I'm currently working. Um, and with uh, T.W. Panessa, I am a behavior consultant. Okay. All right. So we're really excited to have you with, well, I'm excited to have you. I say we, you know, it used to be two of us. So it used to be Denise, Denise Grove and I, and now it's just me. So I still say we, so I'm sorry. I'm talking about myself as multiple people. It's a little strange. So I'm glad that you're on the show today because I know there are people, our friend Corey is the one who actually asked me to talk to you about coming on and talking about things because there's so many folks who are out there looking for help, looking for some guidance, looking for, like you said, survival skills and things like that. So we have so many things to talk about. So we're going to get going, but I do want to give one announcement to everybody before we get started. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but the conferences are coming up with the first two weekends in May and online registration. Registration actually closes on the 23rd of April, 23rd of April, everybody. So that is coming up next week, right? That's next Friday. So you want to get on and make sure that you come out to our register and come out. There is still space in the children's programs. 
and there's lunches, optional lunches. So it's going to be really great. I am actually going to be speaking now. So um, you can come hear me talk about how to get started and homeschool styles and stuff like that. So anyway, we hope to see you there. We're definitely looking forward to being together as a group again. So, okay, let's get started on our topic today. The first thing we're going to talk about is um, myths about special needs. Like what, what is special needs mean or or everyone has something in their brain when they hear the term special needs what does it actually mean or what can it actually include or you know that type of thing so absolutely um the special yeah. needs umbrella is quite large and a lot falls underneath of it um you could just have a struggling learner and then you could go all the way to a diagnosis. There's also the special needs where, that would come with medical needs. Mm -hmm. um, my aunt actually has some medical needs, not, not any uh, intellectual or academic needs, mm -hmm. but uh, still falls under that special needs category. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we can get bogged down and have some assumptions about what special needs is. Yeah. And so if somebody addresses us or you know if somebody would come up to me and say hey you know i'd like to talk to you about special needs homeschooling you might feel as though you don't really fit under there but you know your child might have some um learning challenges which mm -hmm. is what i typically like to categorize it as i don't like the word special needs either Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. all right yeah so it is it's a it's a big umbrella it doesn't you know, it could mean a lot of different things. So just be aware of that. So there's many different things. I know we did a learning differences conference. Oh, it feels so long ago now. I think it was in the fall of 2019 and people were asking me topics and there's so many like specific topics, topics they even want to hear about, you know, dyscalculia or dyslexia or, you know, all these little things. Um, and it's like, wow. So uh, there's so many, so many things to talk about. Yeah. Autism alone, man, it should take forever to discuss that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We had a lot, we had a talk on um, anxiety there. That was, you know, that's, I mean, just so much, there's so many things. So now that we know that, I mean, special needs is a big umbrella. What are, you know, and you are helping folks deal with behavior issues and um, helping parents with their children. So some basic survival skills, like how how does a, a mom get through the day um oh. <laughs> a, maybe functioning for a day <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i can tell you a quick story of my daughter nicole she's my second daughter she did not take the homeschooling at all uh, she was my um social butterfly and she missed all of her friends that way so she hated homeschool she did absolutely everything not to do school she told me I was not her teacher. This was when she was in third grade. Mm -hmm. uh, so understand the dynamic there. Um, I had to trick her into learning anything. So most of everything that I did with her were games. Uh, everything became a game. And I found a wonderful um, resource that is still available on, on Amazon. It's called Get Your Child Off the Refrigerator and Off to Learning. And it was a mom who started homeschooling her ADHD child. And it turned literally everything into a game. Um, behavioral issues. Um, she would throw massive, fall on the ground, flop around like a fish, scream blood murder like I'm killing her 
temper tantrums in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And what she was doing was she was just wanting all the people to look at her. Ah. Um, so I had to learn not to react to the behavior. And what I did was I simply walked around her and walked away from her. And she would get up and she'd follow me around and flop on the ground again. And that was one of the things that I did for temper tantrums in public. Now it's a little harder now mm-hmm. because of the dynamic of our of our society mm-hmm. to just simply walk away. Um, what I might do for someone with that kind of behavior now is they lose their freedom and they get in the cart. Or we simply lo- leave the grocery store and all the items at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We're not doing anything, no. And uh, lose any kind of any kind of uh, uh, items that they might want. You know, no yes. tablet, no iPhone, you know, no video yeah. game. You're, you've lost it because of this behavior. Um, another really great survival tip, we call it in my, my field, we call it the pre-mac principle. And what it really is, is grandma's rules. First, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. You know, first you're going to do five math questions. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have a three minute break. I see. And that, that's a very good tool for especially that wiggly child, that child that has a really hard time to attend. I use it quite often in the public uh, system when I'm working with my children with intellectual disabilities and stuff. ADHD, I see it. My daughter's holding up a question from Jessica Ray. And yes, ADHD is a special need. Um, A lot of times we medicate children with ADHD. Um, I wouldn't do that right away, especially if the child is young. You can uh, usually address ADHD behaviorally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some of the things that I do with a child with ADHD is you can give them a fidget. That could be uh, thinking putty is a wonderful tool. Mm Um, that I often use with my ADHD kiddos. Give them some thinking putty, uh, a little fidget of some sort that can fit in one hand and that you can easily take away from them. Understand this. This is the aspect of reinforcement. Mm -hmm. If uh, a child has earned, and I do stress the word earned, the reinforcement, they get to have it, but for a short period of time. And I love my handy dandy timers. I will time that kid for everything. You have five minutes to get your clothes on this morning. You have three minutes to get to the table. You can time how off, how long their food is. If there's somebody that likes to lallygag around breakfast time, mm-hmm. in time breakfast, they can clean off that table for you too. Even a three-year-old can do this. Mm-hmm. A child with intellectual disability can take a t- take a plate over to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only child that I would not trust with taking a plate away from the table would be somebody with mobility issues. <clears throat> so those are all things that we can do for survival. Mm-hmm. And then you have the reinforcement. Oh, you've done this. Oh, thank you so much. Here you mm-hmm. go. Here's your fidget. Mm-hmm. You have three minutes with that fidget. Mm-hmm. Um, standing, they don't have to sit to do their schoolwork at the table. Mm-hmm. You can away. Mm-hmm. And they can stand any kind of way they want. They can sit on a ball at the table just so they can get that vestibular movement. movement. Yeah. Yeah. So those are things. Grace, did you have any other questions? Yep. Yeah. So 
So uh, what I'm hearing is, I mean, structure, really, kids need the structure and some kids need a tighter structure, right? You have this much Mm -hmm. time to do this and I expect it to be this and communicating really clearly what your expectation is, is really important too. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. My middle daughter absolutely had to have a schedule. She had to have times on there. My youngest daughter, she just wants to know what's expected. She don't. and And she's... I just give her what I have for her that day and she's gone. Now, she is 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that changes. I mean, that's for every little, the littlest one you just say, okay, do this and do this now and do this now. And then as they grow older, they hopefully generally get the idea of managing their own time and, right. and can do that. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've done that with my kids too. If, if she's sitting on the bench and just cannot focus on the, just, okay, do some jumping jacks, walk around the room, you know, whatever. Let's, let's move a little bit, but yeah. And I think, I think my biggest message here is it's not all that different from your typical neurotypical yeah. kids. Yeah. It, it might be just that you are more structured. You have more, more time frames that you have to do things and you might have more breaks in the middle of all of that. And I, when my girls were younger, my older girls, we were done by noon because they just could yeah. not go past oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. period. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when they're little, I mean, you should be able to, you know, like a children without struggles can be done before noon too, because, of, you know, that's just, you don't have to do a ton. I think it's a thing that you have homeschoolers have a hard time realizing is you don't have to do all day work. Like it, unless you're older, right. you know, or where you yeah, shouldn't for right. college or whatever, you know, it's, you know, younger kids do not need to be doing school all day long. I, I see that a lot with the younger homeschoolers and yeah. these are just stressing and burning themselves sure. out. They're like, mom, just, you know what? You'll get that when they turn into teenagers and then that's a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and it's good to hear though, too, that Um, you can have expectations for your kids too. Like you said, clear the table that you can help. I mean, take it from the table to the, even if it's not loading the dishwasher, you set it in the sink, you know, so kids can be given, should be given basic chores, instructions, whatever things, tasks to accomplish. Well, and particularly if you are um, dealing with a child with intellectual disabilities or, or, um, or other kind of special needs you really want to instill those life skills yeah they have to be a little bit more intentional they just don't pick those up quite as uh organically mm-hmm. as neurotypical children mm-hmm. well i even find like in, in my own life you know you think kids pick things up and they don't they just need they just need instruction <laughs> they just need instruction and it could be multiple times you're like well i taught you how to do that before and it's like well i don't know so, you know so kids can be expected to do things it's just again communicating clearly and making sure they understand um is good okay so that is very very helpful um is there any i had a note here about jargon was there any like kind of terminology or anything that maybe Uh, folks needed to be aware of well they might want to be a little familiar especially if they have to deal with professionals um when you're dealing with your curriculum you there is a terminology that we can use in the public square that's called differentiating uh your curriculum that is simply um i'm trying to it's simply taking the curriculum that you've bought 
and adjusting it to the child's needs. So gotcha. if you have a math sheet, now the math sheet might not be above that child's abilities, but it might be overwhelming for them to see a page of 50 oh, questions yeah, sure. and they might only have the, um, the stanima to do half. Mm -hmm. so you, what you can do in differentiating the, the curriculum is either you can take your, say your math sheet and you can either fold it in half and say, okay, I just want you to do the top half yeah, today mm -hmm. and we'll do the bottom half tomorrow. That is differentiating. Or you could just cross out the whole back, that whole half mm -hmm. and just do the top half and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is differentiating and differentiating the curriculum scaffolding building in like extra supports around that. So if you have a math problem, We'll just say, let me uh, get that in. Yeah, I gotcha. Four plus two. <laughs> make like a touch math. So, uh, see if I can make it visible. You see how there's um, that there? Mm -hmm. that, and then the child, all they have to do is count up and then they can get the answer. That's scaffolding. Gotcha. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does make sense. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you can use counters for your uh, scaffolding. You can use other tools. You can you can go as special, for lack of a better word, or as normal as you can in those areas. It depends on your child's ability. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't necessarily have to spend a ton of money on special curriculum. Uh, you can go with what you've been using for like your typical children, mm -hmm. uh, but there's lots of different tools that you can use along the way to help you survive with the curriculum that you got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's, I would imagine that that is relieving <laughs> for some of you out there. <laughs> there. There's a lot of stuff out there and it's buku dollars. I'm like, yes. why are people buying this? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good. That, those are good things to know. Okay, so the next thing I have on my list is what and how to teach skills. So like what skills are good for kids to learn and how do you, how do you teach them that they, you know, get it or that, you know, that it goes well? <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's see about that. We can break this down by ability. Um, moms, you know your children best. So you can look at your child. Is your child able to dress themselves? Now, I, I have several clients. They have the, the physical ability to dress themselves. They simply refuse. So what we can do is we can develop a plan to, to get that child from the refusal to do the job to get them to do it. So what we do is we start them out. We put the pants on both feet and we get them to the knees and say, oh, you do the rest. And then we'll work on getting that child's hands on their pants. We might have to cover them hand over hand and then physically pull them up. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the first step. We call this chaining. And so you're going to develop a chain of events to get them to do the self-help skills. Now that that's just simply self-help. Now, if you're looking at reading and writing and arithmetic, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but you start out in a similar way. You look at their ability um, for reading. 
particularly because this is something that actually happened to me. My my second daughter, she did not miss, she did not catch this. Um, it was learning phonemes. Now, when you're looking at a child with that is a struggling reader, generally, not always, but generally, they have missed something in the phonemic foundation of their learning. And phonemes are simply the sound that is a, attached to the um, to the symbol of the letter. So if I'm going to teach the phoneme of this symbol, I would not be calling it by its symbol name. name. We yeah. also say A, but what we need to focus on is not the A we need and not calling it the a sound we would go ah and instead of showing them an a because now we're, this is phonics if i do that what i would pull out is something i don't have an apple or something but you pull out a, a, a an object mm -hmm. so if i was going to say what is the first sound of this and then the child would have to tell you and instead of saying C, you want them to say K. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and then you, what we are going to work on is taking all the symbols that make this word cup and sounding them out. You want to hear the K, A, uh, P sound. And you want them nice and crisp. Mm -hmm. It can differentiate the sounds. Mm -hmm. This is a building block of reading. Later on, you introduce phonics. That's the very next thing. My youngest, you couldn't, it, it was like seamless. You couldn't even tell that she practiced phonemes. She did. It was just so quick. But other children, you really have to be intentional. So if the child is starting to struggle in reading, I immediately wonder, did, do they have their phonemic foundation? Mm -hmm. I had to go back and find that phonemic foundation with my middle daughter. Um, and she didn't read, I mean, actually read until she was 14. So those are, are the things that we need to look at. And sometimes, and, and I wanted to stress that she was 14 because sometimes the road is long, mm -hmm. uh, depending on your child's abilities and their special need or learning challenge. It's, it's a longer road and launching could be a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So I know that we get a small bit impatient and we start for doing everything that we can for our kids. Believe me, you are. I mm -hmm. mean, I really want to emphasize you are. You're working, you're doing your job. The child is building a foundation. Sometimes that foundation is longer. So that's okay. I'm off the pedestal. <laughs> Go on. Uh, no, but that was that was really great, and I think moms need to hear that so much because we think in our minds that there ha it has to be this constant thing, or or we like to compare. We compare to what either other homeschool moms are doing, or what the public school system is doing, or whatever it is that you're looking at. But each child is different. Each child is different. And even the beginning of reading for a lot of kids, it could be four, it could be nine or 10, but sometimes, you know, and you have to remember that if you have a child with learning challenges, I mean, that's going to, that could possibly be stretched further than that. Like, so we just, uh, we just need to be patient. It's so hard. That long view, like the long, you know, way at the end of the tunnel, it's, you're working through it, but it's, it's long and just keep on going.
Exactly. Exactly. And, and what we did was we started calling our brains processors and we was like, you know, my older two daughters have a slower processor. Mm -hmm. Now my youngest, she has a very fast processor. She can, she can pick up stuff very quickly. Um, and it's like, you know, sometimes you have to slow down your processor. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're working too fast mm -hmm. and you have to slow down and take a step back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've got to, you know, speed up your processor and try to get this a little quicker. Um, but that helped take away some of the stigma mm -hmm. that could be attached to um, some of our jargon, some of the things that we say, and we don't even realize that we could be hurting um, our children. Uh, so that that is something that we started rather young it just like, okay, these are learning challenges. This is not um, stigmatized by learning disability. This is mm -hmm. something that it's just a challenge and we all have mm -hmm. challenges, whether we see them or not. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, that's good to remember too. Everybody has a challenge. Everyone's challenge is different. So it's not like, you know, if I don't, if I don't struggle with what you're struggling with, it doesn't mean I don't have a, a challenge. It doesn't mean that I don't struggle with something. It just looks different. Mm -hmm. So, and I think in a weird way, that's encouraging. <laughs> it's encouraging to know, you know, you're not alone or you're not the only one or, you know, everyone right. has some kind of challenge there. Um, is there any other skill, like we talked about reading skill, we talked about, you know, dressing and starting the chain, creating the chain. Is there anything else there with like basic skills that you think might be helpful or, um, one of the biggest things that we have run into with our children with different abilities, um, is self-advocacy skills. So there are certain children in the population that would be more prone to abuse and more prone to fraud than um, others. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have had to address in my family, different ways to say no, <laughs> uh, different ways to um, ask questions. Um, different ways to uh, approach adults, whether we know them or not, mm -hmm. and how to talk to them. Um, so we've, we've had the, the rude, <laughs> we had the rude kid and we had to talk about how to talk to mm -hmm. uh, adults around us. We've had mm -hmm. kids who said yes to everything. And um, I'm sorry, I'm reading a question. I'll get to you, Elisa, just hold on. Um, but we are we would also have like times when we would do role plays. So my oldest daughter is on the autism spectrum and she's always had some social angst. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just difficult for her to be in conversation with people. And so we've had to talk about the what ifs, you know, what if I'm approaching a group of kids and they don't want me to be a part of it? I was like, well, we'll, we'll role play this. And we did the, the, um, the best scenario. And then we also did the worst scenario. Mm -hmm. What if they're calling name calling? What mm -hmm. if we're making fun? Uh, how do we, how do we address that? Mm -hmm. How do we react to someone who is not the friendliest? Mm -hmm. Um, some of our kids really struggle with that. And I've seen some pretty negative things in the public school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. um, so teaching them how to role play and how to um, approach people and self advocate. You know, if you're coming to an, uh, in a, say in church in, in youth and some of the kids are making fun of you, maybe you need to go to the youth leader and say, you know, this person just called me this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and start sticking up for yourself because mm -hmm. particularly kids on the spectrum are, um, they're, they're more likely to be bullied than others. Yeah. Uh, I have a question here. My daughter has, uh, yeah, that's handy. Really <laughs> uh, is SPD considered special needs? Um, I'm not exactly sure what SPD is short for. Um, so if Alicia, if you could write that out for me, I, I would think if it has an acronym, it generally is. Um, so I'm not, I'm not familiar with all the diagnoses out there and quite a few have changed. Um, growing up, my, my brother was on the autism spectrum and he was also considered mentally retarded, trainable with autistic tendencies. Now that is a very archaic diagnosis. Sensory processing disorder. Yes. That is a diagnosis that is a special needs um, and sensory issues are, um, they can be tricky. <laughs> they can be really tricky to um, deal with. Uh, the child could have uh, issues with sound, sensory. Um, they could have uh, sensories with smells and um, there, there's all sorts. I mean, it, it's just a whole big, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And um, addressing that um, can be, he's three years old and diagnosed, uh, I would start putting him on a sensory diet. Now, a wonderful book out there, and it's available, I'm going to say Amazon again, um, is, um, oh, let me see if I can remember the name. Oh, my goodness. Let me look it up, Ginger. I'm going to have to look that one up. I forgot. Okay. Uh, but there is a great book out there for the sense, uh, sensory kids. But a sensory diet would be something where you give them movement or you give them sound or you expose them through the thing that they are um, having issues with, but only like slightly. Like if they are frightened of a dog, you can show them a picture of a dog. And see what this does is it starts blunting that fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you can get them to the point where they're looking at an actual dog. And then you, you, you know, approach it slowly. Yes. Yeah. The stink child. She's awesome. <laughs> child, yes. Um, but those are, those are different ways that I would, I would address the sensory kiddos is uh, start get putting them on a sensory diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a great tool. See these things, and they, they're, you know, like you're saying earlier, it's so similar to what we need to do with our, with all children in mm -hmm. training, yeah. you know, and how to interact with people. And what do you do if this bad situation happens? And what do you do if it? So it's, yeah, it's, it's very similar to how we should be training our children anyway. Oh, absolutely. So, and that, yeah. I think that's my biggest message is there, these kiddos are not different. I mean, it's yeah. not that different. Um, we sometimes feel left out 
because sometimes we are left out mm -hmm. um we can sometimes feel like we're just kind of like on the edge looking in mm -hmm. um we can feel alone i mean absolutely alone because maybe during the day your kiddo's fine and at night your, your kiddo's screaming all night uh, yeah uh, it could be all kinds of things that are affecting us mm -hmm. uh, especially in covid land when almost everything mm -hmm. is shut down yeah you have a sensory child who will not wear a mask so you can't go out in public mm -hmm. i mean my brother is um he's a person with intellectual disability and he is um he's at a group home and he can't leave the group home he won't wear a mask um so he's been there since march yeah. and we can't bring him home he can't come here and it's just what are you doing i mean what what can we do these kids are are, are missing out on so much mm -hmm. it's mental and it's yeah that's a whole other subject i won't go there but but <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean here here we are and we can feel alone so my I guess my biggest message yeah. right now is you're not you're mm -hmm. not there's a whole under swelling and especially in COVID land, this dynamic, this homeschooling special needs, these these kiddos, it's growing. And it's more yeah. 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 Do you have a new question? Oh, Douglas. Mastriato. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah. All right. Yes. Stay encouraged, he says, in these dark times. Thank you. Yes. Yes. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. So I guess we'll move on to number four. Maybe this will be our last one for today. Does that sound good to you? We're at 35 minutes already. Wow. So, I know. Ah, so fast. Okay. So we'll do. Ah, isn't that fantastic? Okay. I'm seeing the comments. People are commenting now. Hey. What's happening is when when I'm zooming with with like I'm zooming here with Denise and then like we are live streaming from Zoom to Facebook, I can't see your comments, which is why during our evaluation evaluator shows, I didn't respond to your comments right there in the thing. I can't see them. So Denise has a uh, a phone beside her there so she can see your comments, which is why I'm sitting here like what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so okay. So our last question of today is to IP, IEP or not to IEP, how to write one, do I need one, you know, what does it mean there, when I have one? There, yeah, that's, a, go. that's one that has been asked a lot, that and finding services um, was asked a lot. Um, and that will be if you're pulling your child out of the public school and they are on an IEP, do you need to continue with the IEP? What the IEP does is, um, what I'll, I'll read it later. <laughs> what the IEP does is it um, protects you. It, it's a legal document and it organizes the services that your child gets in the public school. So if your child gets speech therapy, mm -hmm. his, his uh, information will be there on the IEP documenting how delivery is given and when delivery is given and it keeps everybody on task so if somebody is out of compliance they are legally liable so if you're pulling your child out of 
um, services from public school and you don't think you're going to need services, you can discontinue the IEP. That is your right as the parent. And um, that is something that I did. I did not continue the IEP. It was, I tried to write my own IEP and it was just hogwash. It was just, a, it was just not even worth my time. I didn't utilize services. We did everything here at home organically. Um, what uh, other people have found is their child is so impacted with their disability that they need to have the IEP. So if you have a child who they need to focus on life skills, mm -hmm. that they might need to learn how to walk, mm -hmm. that they might need to learn how to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. This is the time where you need to make sure that you have an IEP, one that has been approved by a, I, I think it's a psychologist. Um, um, I'm not solid on that, Ginger. I think it's a, yeah, special needs educator. If you have special objectives, I think it's a special needs educator. I'm yeah, um, sure that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's a psychologist. I'd have to check up on that. I should know that right off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's a special needs educator should okay your objectives if you have an IEP. Yeah. yeah. And um, th those are the times where I think it's really important. Um, if you're going to utilize services outside of the public school, uh, and most public schools that I'm finding, I, I know that I, I live in a Lower Dauphin School District, and if I wanted to utilize any of their um, services, that my children had to be enrolled in the school. Mm -hmm. district. Mm -hmm. um, it will depend on the school district. Mm -hmm. But if you utilize any of the school districts' uh, document, uh, any of their supports, you absolutely mm -hmm. need an IEP. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't think you're going to use that, um, I would seriously consider not having it. Um, if you're using private systems for your services, you, I think you probably, it would probably be a good rule of thumb to have one. That's okay. So, and I've also talked before, like if your child has an IEP and you decide that you don't like, like you have them at home, you have an IEP, you've used one in the past, you don't want to use that anymore. Revoking an IEP or putting an end to it, it's as easy as writing a letter, mm -hmm. you know, and you put it in with your paperwork and say, we're not going to follow this IEP anymore. So it's, it's not a, it's not difficult to stop using one. If you right. Decide. Right. And I'll tell you what, uh, us Pennsylvania homeschoolers, we're good at documenting everything anyway. <laughs> um, so why have more extra paperwork for yourself? Um, that, that's just me. <laughs> Enough paperwork. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, well, that was excellent. We do have four more questions and we will come up with a time. I don't, we didn't talk about that prior to this. So, oh, yeah. Not sure when you're available, but we will, we have, we want to talk about services, socialization, post graduation. We do have those other topics. And please comment below if you have specific questions or things that you would like Denise oh, yeah. to answer on the next episode. Uh, we can make comments on this one too, of course, but uh, if you're listening to this on the, on the podcast and you're not watching it live on Facebook and you want to contact us, you can go to chaponline.com and use our contact form and you can send in your questions there and we will take a look at them and address them at the next um, 
time that Denise is on, and I will make sure that you guys know when that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking at because this is my life. My life. There you go. There's her life in a book. <laughs> yes. Um, next week I have a ton of medical stuff for my medical child, um, but I could do the 28th. The 28th. Okay, let's do it. So there yeah. you go, everybody. Four. 28 denise will be back on and we will finish this discussion and in the meantime make sure that you um send in your comments send in your questions uh and sign up for the the um conferences that are happening the first and second weekends in may we would love to see you there and support you we do have sarah collins coming out and speaking about some learning differences things out there at, at those events. So we would love to see you and just be out and about again together, which will be wonderful. So thanks, Denise, for coming on today. It's been a great conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. It's just yeah. fun. I like, I like yes. to my two favorite subjects. Yay. I love it too. It's so good. So, and it's so good to be helpful to people. That's just the best. Absolutely. So we hope this blessed you today and enjoy your kind of rainy, gross day. But, you know, it's spring. We need it. We need it. So. I like the Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next Wednesday. I'm going to stop our live. Bye.